I'm lean. Niece's daughter, but by me, I'm bossed out. But Sunday, Jerry's boss now. When I ball out, I'm a dog when dad gets the ball out. Put a sauce out, put a sauce on him, that's too much. Good wife, that's too clutch. Without a backbone, you can't do much. Making moves like food trucks, getting to the bread till it's chewed up. And my bank accounts look juiced up. Who knew, huh? White dude rapping too tough while I suit up. White and up, silver shoes stuff. Yo. What's good? It is a somewhat delayed episode of Boys Will Be Boys. With Ben Kelly. Ben Walker. Ben Walker, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I uh have been in a, a brief hiatus, you know, hibernation since uh the Cowboys season ended and uh I've emerged, you know, it's 2018. It's a new year. New year, new me. New chance for maybe a good year. Well, I mean, the optimism's already building. So, first of all, uh, sorry about not getting an episode out last week, guys. Uh, yours truly was in a cabin in upstate New York in the middle of a blizzard. Uh, it was legitimately 97 degrees below zero with the wind chill, which news to me that that's possible. I thought that was like an Antarctica-only type temperature, but we also did not have very good internet or cell coverage, and so it was very difficult for me to get a podcast out. Uh, and so we were not able to record. But I do want to say, Goats, I'm I'm proud of you oh, yeah. for uh, you know, surviving, coming out alive with no uh, murder charges, being up there with your uh, locked in the cabin with your fiance and future mother-in-law. I thought that was uh, very noble of you to come out alive. Those those kind of those kind of balance each other, you know, because like my I mean my fiance is amazing. Like everyone knows, I love Cassie to death. She's the most amazing woman I've ever known in my life. And her mother is is not that. So they they are the yin and the yang of the the female species to me. So I'm gonna pat myself on the back for not committing a murder on that one. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna get right into it. If you for those of you who like me, kind of just after that Seattle loss for like fuck 2017, I'm outie. The Cowboys ended up pulling out a final win. To end at nine and seven over the hated boom, Philadelphia boom, Eagles, boom, boom, boom. which normally yeah. seems super dope, right? You're like, "Fuck yeah!" Ex- except in this case, it was the worst of all worlds. So, correct me if I'm wrong here, Ben. But mm-hmm. the Cowboys lose that game and they go eight and eight. We're looking at like the thirteenth, the fourteenth pick in the draft. Is that right? Yes, somewhere around there. I think fifteenth at worst. Okay. Okay, top half. And uh, by winning this game and in the embarrassing 6-0 to zero fashion that they did, uh, wh- wh- where are we picking now, Ben? We're picking, we're picking 19. Oh, 19th. Barf. Yeah, so, it's yeah. not fun. And we scored six total points. Six because we scored a touchdown, but... The man, the myth, the legend, Dan Bailey, misses yet another extra point. Oh, God. So that's a whole thing. But this episode is not to rehash that embarrassing exhibition of a meaningless game. This episode... We won't bore you with the details of that one. Exactly. This is the season recap of Boys Will Be Boys. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through... Just rewind real quick, walk you guys back through the season. Because if you're like me, you have done mental exercises to blot and black this entire season out of your conscious so that it does not exist. So we're going to walk back through what happened. We're going to go through the events of the season and what got us here. And then we're going to go through some observations about where the team stands, what happened this year that allowed a team that went 13-3 last year to fall to an okay. And I personally, I think nine and seven looks better on paper than this team was. That's just my observation. I go back and forth on it, Goat. I really do. There's times where nine and seven seems generous, and then, I don't know, on the whole at the same time, were we really that far away? I don't know. I mean, well, we'll we'll get into it. We'll get into it. All right, so let's get right to it. So we all remember that – uh, fateful night uh, back to start the year. Week one, Cowboys playing against the Giants. 
they're at home. Um, and the Giants are the only team, you know, they beat the Cowboys twice in 2016. So this was like, everyone's like, this is going to be the game. Winner of this game is going to be the team to beat in the NFC East. The Giants game. were good, bro. They were good. Cowboys come out and smack this team around. They don't look super sharp doing it, which should have worried us more than it did. But they, but they pretty much put this team in the dirt. It's nineteen to three. I mean, the and Demarcus Lawrence appears on the scene, gets us a couple sacks. We suddenly think that the pass rush situation has been solved, which was kind of the the glaring hole in last year's team. I don't know. I was pretty stoked. Yeah, we outrun them. We outpass them. We get more first downs. We really just controlled it. Dak looked in rhythm. It was a uh, it was a stress free win. It was great. It was great. So it's understandable that the following week, playing a very mediocre Broncos team, that we were pretty confident going in. Um, that was unwarranted, it turns out. Uh, the Broncos at home in the early part of the season tend to be a very tough opponent, and that proved to be the case. Your Dallas Cowboys went in two mile high and got, and got for lack of a better term, we got blown off the field. Um, really the first time in the Jason Garrett, really, I, I was trying to wrap my head around. It was their first loss since like the 44 to six game against Philly, where I remember just getting manhandled. Yeah, it was not the score makes it look closer than it really was. 42, 17 is still a blowout, but even that is generous for what this game was. Um, I think they held Zeke to like what seven yards or something. Yeah, he was terrible. Dak was terrible. Um, the defense made Trevor Simeon, who did not finish the season as a starting quarterback, look like he was heading to the Pro Bowl. So, yeah, it was just a complete letdown. And maybe that should have been the first sign. I mean, do good teams lose by 25 points? Probably not. Probably not. But, of course, we were like, oh, it was a hiccup. They punched us in the mouth. We didn't give that guy. It was a fluke. So we go play at, in Arizona the following week, and we, we squeak out a win, though, again, we make Carson Palmer look amazing. This dude shreds us on the opening drive. Um, Cowboys do battle their way back. This game includes one of the, probably one of, if not the best, touchdown of Des Bryant's season where he pretty much just plows like five Cow- or Cardinals defenders That'll go on his uh that'll go on his career highlight tape, that's for sure. That's a true Des touchdown. Just very physical, untackleable beast mode touchdown. I liked it a lot. Um Cowboys win 28-17. It's again not pretty. And just not what we were used to seeing last year, where the Cowboys were really just looked like they were had a lot of momentum in these games where they were just rolling through people. Um that was not happening. Um Week four, we play at home against the Los Angeles Rams, a surprise Los Angeles Rams, who we know now at the end of the year turned out to be a uh, maybe not you know ready to be a Super Bowl contender, but a definite playoff team with a good defense and a very competent offense with, behind the arm of Jared Goff and the legs of Todd Gurley. Yeah, um, they led the. It turns out they led the NFL in scoring as the uh, season came to an end. So they had the number one offense in the land. Uh, they exhibitioned that in this game by putting up 35 on us, Goat. And this was also – we had lost Sean Lee at this point, and the Rams were the first team to like figure out the formula for our defense, which was when Sean Lee's gone that you just pick on the linebackers in the passing game. I can't even recall how many completions Jared Goff had that were just – little dump-offs to the running back squeaking out of the backfield into the middle or tight ends on a crossing route or up the seam. Um, they butchered us all day on that. And I think they kicked six field goals, if I recall correctly. Yeah, that game could have been where – it was one we could have won, too. I think this was actually yep. one of the first ones we watched together in Austin. And uh, it, you just – at the time, like you said, we thought the Rams were kind of a nobody. They were, they were going to be better, but – we still thought at the time we were the better team, and it turns out that as the season played out, they uh, they were for real. 
um, you still would have liked to have seen us come away, and we dropped back to 500 at 2-2. Two and two. So they drive down the field on the last drive of the game and win the game. Following week, we played the Packers, who we know this was a rematch of the previous year's playoffs where the Packers beat us on a last-second drive. Very heartbreaking. Um, and yet again, uh, this was a game where it came down to Dak scores a touchdown with, I think, less than two minutes to go. And we give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers, and he just manages to pick us apart, go all the way down the field and score. And we lose pretty much in identical fashion to the week before. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, this is the game where, unfortunately, the offense looks like it was rolling. Uh, We went back-to-back games. There were 400 total yards of offense. Um, The only such time we did that all season. So, on one hand, the offense looked good, and the defense, Sean Lee missed both these games, and they gave up 35 points apiece. Yeah. Which they did not do at all. And this was, I think, the turning point of the season that we didn't recognize at the time. Um, we lose these two games, and we're suddenly two and three. Um, if the Cowboys win these two games, uh, they would end up halfway through the season pretty much at seven and one. And they lost these two games by a combined nine points. Yes. One score each. So, so this is a real, real turning point in the entire season. Yeah, we hit our bye week, week six. Um, for those of you that remember Zeke Gate, which was pretty much a all-year thing till about week 10 when the Just suspension was. a dark cloud hit. hanging over the team. This was the middle of he's suspended. Oh, wait, he's not suspended. Oh, he's suspended again. Oh, he's not suspended again. Um, bye week, he gets suspended. Then they give him an injunction yet again. And so we go play the lowly 49ers. Who have not yet acquired Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, who are still and, starting a rookie in his first ever game. And we probably are most complete game of the year, Andy. I would agree. Zeke just absolutely beast modes all over the 49ers. Um, has a beautiful uh, repeat of the famous uh, screen pass from the Steelers game two years ago. Takes it to the house. Um, we beat this team 40-10. to 10. I mean, they're really- yeah. Three TDs, 150 on the ground, a 72-yard catch for a touchdown. Um, Dak, 16 of 25, 234, three touchdowns in the air. Um, Yeah, we dismantled them. I mean, it was the only time in the season we went over 500 yards offense. Only time in the season we rushed for over 200 yards of offense. We rushed for 260, actually. Um, Led... Uh, most first downs we put up in a game. Um, we forced three turnovers, didn't turn the ball over once. So, I mean, pretty much anything you could do right, we did in this game. Uh, the Niners do or are terrible, but still, at this point, the offense had put up, you know, 30 or uh, 28 points or more in four straight games, which is usually enough to win you those games. Unfortunately, we went two and two in that stretch, and I think that's really – when I look back, Andy, that's really the stretch I look at, that, that Rams-Packers game. Because I think a lot of people focused on the games without Zeke, but we went 500 in those, and I think that we all said before the season if we went 500 without Zeke, we would be fine. Um, it's the games we lost close with Zeke that really killed us. Um, so the following week, we go up to Washington, um, and – this is not a good Washington team by any stretch of the imagination. They definitely have a, a ton of holes on their offense when we play them. Really um, beat up at this point, too. Maybe the most injured team of the league. Agreed. And Zeke just puts it on them, too. Um, this is in the middle of, like, angry Zeke, where he every game could be his last. So we give him 33 carries. He puts 150 and two touchdowns uh, on the Redskins. Um it was it was really only competitive until about the the third quarter. Um, we we were up going into the half, but um, after the half, we we have Nugent hit three straight field four straight field goals in the third and fourth quarter, uh, and then Byron Jones gets a pick six to seal it at the end. Um, so it was actually kind of a closer game than it looks, but we really uh, kind of pulled away uh, in the after the first quarter, and that was really all she wrote. Yes, um, but we got above 500. So at this point, we're four and three. 
We're way back of Philly, who's I think eight and one at the time, or eight and zero at the time, maybe seven yeah. and one. Um, but anyway, you know, it, it's at least looking a little bit better for us um, to get above that mark. Then we had we take the Chiefs at home. The Chiefs are very good at this point in the season. People thought this was the best team in the league. Oh yeah, I'm sure if you go find that podcast, there's definitely audio out there of me bigging them up as the best team in the AFC. Um, yeah. They were really, really good in the month of September and October. And the Cowboys really kind of put it on them too. Zeke gets for 93 and a touchdown. Terrence Williams has a 141 receiving yard game, which I can see that here on the stat sheet. I I can't really decide if that's true. Uh, <laughs> you seems know, improbable. He shows up once a season, man. I that was it. That was truly it. I think he has what, what, what? I think he has four. I think we did this exercise once. I think he has four games above a hundred yards, maybe five. Yeah, and he does like a five four. Yeah, and he's a five year vet or something. So pretty much once, one per year. Once a year, he does this. Um, you know, this was good too because. It was a rare game where Linehan figured out they had a weakness and just threw at it. Their number two and three corners, I think, were out. So we just never threw at Marcus Peters and whoever their backup corner was guarding, we picked on. It was a rare game where Dez and Tita both got off on the outside. We didn't just kind of dink and dunk with, you know, Witten and, and Bees across the middle. It was really a outside receiver domination. And if they don't get that play, um, the Tyreek Hill Hail Mary before the half. I mean, this was a blowout. Agreed. And yet that play did happen. And so this game was not without its moment of understanding that the Cowboys were not the greatest team in history. This goddamn halftime touchdown. <laughs> screen pass Hail Mary where the Cowboys, they have like 70 yards to give. And they put the entire defense in prevent on like the five-yard line. And then let Tyreek Hill get a 50-yard running start and make one cut and make it into the end zone. It is still maddening that this occurred. I, don't, I still don't know if he ever got touched. No, he, I really doubt it. I really doubt it. <laughs> Especially yeah. with Orlando Skandrick out there who's just like – Jeff Heath. Although Jeff Heath did have his one moment where Alex Smith had thrown no picks in the season at this point, and the first person to pick him off was Jeff Heath. He somehow has – I'll give, I'll give Jeff Heath his due, dude. Jeff Heath won a game by himself this year. So, Dude, we'll I don't know. I was talking about this with uh, another person, and Jeff Heath is somehow like the worst bad player. You know, he's like a like a, a bad shitty actor, you know, like a Christian Slater out there. You know, you're yeah. not – yeah. You're not really you're not an A-lister, but like you're kind of like you're kind of good. Like that's 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 your Jeff Heath, man. And he he's he's either the best he's either the best bad player or the worst good player in the league. There's really no other way to describe him. So we win. We have um, lots of momentum at this point. We have six straight games where we've put up 28 or more. Go. Um, We're five and three. We've put up over 300. 50 or 300 yards of offense in every game, which isn't huge, but you know, at least we're moving the ball. And then the Zeke suspension comes in. The ban hammer. The ban hammer. They finally tell Zeke, fuck off. Six games, take a seat. On top of that, Tyrone Smith, who has nagging injuries, decide that's a good point for his body to break down, as does Sean Lee yet again. So Three of our five best players go out, and to our coaching cre- uh, to the, the the credit of our coaching staff, goat they make zero adjustments for any well, of those guys. Well, and let me tell you, our backup lineman stepped up <laughs> in the following That's game. The Atlanta Falcons. There's this guy on the Falcons named something Claiborne, who had like one sack this year outside of the Cowboys game, and I think he I had. Think what, I think seven? he's still in the NFL. He had, did he have seven sacks against us? He did. That is – that's like when you play rookie on Madden and you just like key on the D end the whole time and you just rush every play and you just get to – you just blow the quarterback up every time and you have a, you have a linebacker or a D end that has like eight sacks a game. And we just never really adjusted 
we uh, we just kind of let the entire game. And <laughs> yeah, we never do a heavy set. We never do a quick out. We never do anything to help Dak. We're just like, oh, don't worry, dude. Chaz Green's going to figure it out, man. Oh, okay, well, here it's the fourth quarter. Chaz Green's finally given up six sacks. Let's put out Byron Bell. Gives up a sack on his first play. Yeah, Top. he luckily played somewhat better. He played like a backup, at least, as where Chaz Green played like a guy who shouldn't be in the league. I don't think he'll... I'll have you know that Chaz Green was rated by Pro Football Focus as the 45th best left tackle in the NFL, so... Out of? 45 that were rated. Oh, okay. Okay. 45 out of 45. So, That's not bad. He got rated, you know? <laughs> There's a, lot 50, of guys who, dude. there's a lot of guys who don't even get rated because they can't get in the game. Do you know where Dez no, was rated on that list? Bad. He Our was receiving court. Because he oh. was not a left tackle. Oh, you oh, just mean left tackle. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, uh, but, that, that really should have been the sign that this season was going to suck. Yeah, because that's, uh, blow- that's two blowouts in this year already. You, you get killed by the Broncos, you get killed by the Falcons, and this shit would continue. I would love to call that a blowout until we play their division rival on Sunday Night Football the next week. And the Eagles are just like on fire at this point. Like Carson Wentz is having an MVP year. He's killing everybody. Oh, it sucks. They just destroy us. There's really no way to like sugarcoat this or talk about it in any good way. Uh, um, season high four turnovers. They have zero turnovers. Yeah, we Dak throws up, three picks. It's, we put up no touchdowns. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's not a there's not a good thing you can say about. They lost their kicker, so they had to go for two point conversions every time, and they got three of them. Oh yes, so think, that's yeah. tight. Um. You know, Alfred Morris had a pretty good game stepping in for Zeke. I'll give him that. He had 91 yards on the ground. So, Jay Ajay had 91 yards on seven carries. So, Alf did just fine throughout the year, to be honest. He's, you know, he, I got I got love for him. He played, you know, just as fine as we could have asked. Um, this stretch of games, Andy, I'm just going to sum up. The next one was a uh, Thanksgiving Day game. At this point, the Cowboys are in pretty dire straits at 5-5, five and five, looking at the playoff picture. Um, we realized we had to go 10-6 and six and win. You know, maybe we could lose one more. We figured, hey, let's get that out of the way. And Phillip Rivers has a career best QB rating game against us. He throws for 434 yards. Um, just completely dismantles our team. Somehow we only lose twenty eight to six. The offense um, once again is terrible. And and when I highlight these games, you know we we really got completely blown out in the second halves of all these games. Um, I think in each of them we were either leading or or down by a point or two at half. Um, this is really what makes me pissed at this coaching staff, Andy, and and what. I believe is the biggest flaw in this team. Uh, Dak certainly played the worst football of his career. Hopefully that will stay as worse. I don't think it can get worse. I mean, this was literally the worst offense Dallas Cowboy has ever had in a three-stretch game ever. 22 points in three games. Yeah. And it wasn't like we were playing world-beating defenses. I mean, these are good teams. Two of them went to the playoffs, but – just inexcusable, man. Inexcusable. And at that point, we fall to five and six, basically needing to win out and still two games away from the return, three games away from the return of Zeke. So the Cowboys at least do catch a break here in that they get an easier schedule. Um, they get the Redskins again, who are still banged up and are just kind of shitty. Um, so they, they do manage to kill them as 38 to 14. Uh, Dez has a nice touchdown. Morris looks great on the ground. Dak only completes half his passes, but manages to get two touchdowns and doesn't throw any picks. And Kirk Cousins throws two picks. So that's not bad. Um, you get the Giants next to the Giants end of the season three and 13. So obviously things were wrong. Um, yeah, they had just fired their head coach and GM and reinstated and Eli. Eli Manning. Yeah, he got, he came back. Um, Dak threw for 332 and three touchdowns in this game. Uh, Rod Smith game of the had year. a great game. Yeah, this was definitely Dak's best game. 
Um, we win this one 30 to 10. Um, and then the Raiders, uh, we go out to play the Raiders. This game was like really contested the entire way through. Um, just kept going back and forth. It actually looked like we were going to lose this game. Um, we kick a field goal with a minute 44 to play. And then the Raiders drive all the way down to, and if you look at the little chart, they publish that little chart. It's like, it shows you the percentage chance to win, uh, over the course of the game. And the Raiders have like a, they get, there's a point where the Raiders have like a 70 something percent chance to win this game because they have the ball on like the eight yard line. And Derek Carr rushes to the pylon, gets hit by, extends the ball, gets hit by Jeff Heath, and Heath forces a fumble out of the end zone for a touchback, and the Cowboys win this game. So we can't say we didn't ever get lucky this year. That was just a stroke of pure, unbelievable yeah, luck. Yeah, that felt at the time like destiny, you know, as we just needed the one game before Zeke came back. It was a real gut check game. We win it. We get Zeke. Surely we're not going to lose, you know, with Zeke back on the field. Surely not. So Zeke comes back. We're playing the Seahawks at home. The Seahawks had just been blown out. We think we've got a pretty good chance here. Um, and, man, we talked about this game, so we don't have to go through it, but this is just straight pathetic. Dak threw two picks. Um. Yeah, Everyone Dak and Des terrible. pretty much decide to have their worst games of maybe their careers. I um, think this is – I said at the time, and I still believe this, I think this is the worst game of football Des Bryant ever played. Maybe yeah, probably at any, level, at any yeah. level. Um, I can't imagine that 12-year-old Des Bryant didn't just shit all over every <laughs> single team he played. So early was a yeah. stud at Okie State. So. And, and he definitely murked the world at Lufkin. So, yeah, this is – I think he's probably unaccustomed to being viewed as like solely responsible for giving up touchdowns and stuff like that. Yeah, he he wasn't good. Dak wasn't good. We turned the ball over three times. Um, really, all everything kicker gets all the three involved. Them, yeah, our world kicker misses. Our defense was good until it absolutely needed to be, and then it wasn't, which is something I contend always happens with this defense. Um, and we lose, and we're officially out of the playoff race. We play a meaningful or meaningless week 17 game, which we win six to zero somehow. And if you watch that game, God bless you, because it was probably the worst game of football that I've seen. But there, it did feature a touchdown catch by what I would say is the best receiver on the Dallas Cowboys, Bryce Butler. Um, yeah, if you let him tell it, I don't, yeah, I don't know if anyone caught. Bryce's interview today on the Skip and Shannon show, Undisputed. Um, Bryce took his uh, public TV opportunity to uh, tell the world that uh, he is better than Des Bryant and that if he's not a starter next year, he doesn't want to be on our team. So, uh, adios, motherfucker, is all I have to say about that. Tell that boy, bye. <laughs> bye. Uh, bye. Yeah, that guy can get off the team. Um, Dude is six five and runs like a four three and has never broken like three hundred yards in a season. He's terrible. I do not care about having that him on goes the team. Uh, to college as well. Never broke four hundred yards in a college season at USC. He is the classic example of a guy who has every measurable except the mental aspect of the game. Just does not care about football enough to actually be good. Yes. Does not work hard. That that has always been the knock on him is that he's not a grinder. He doesn't put in the work. All last training camp, they said he was really bad about drops. He's always open. I mean, always, which is actually worse because what happens is this guy is constantly getting separation with his size and speed, and then you throw him the ball, and he just it hits off both hands. He drops it. So, sorry, Bryce. I, you know, there were times when I thought Bryce looked good. Fantasy teams. Me wanting Bryce to look good was just the fact that Terrence Williams never looks good. And so wanting Bryce to replace him, he did have a few splash plays, which this team was uh, lacking all season. You know, we've got very few out of Dez, unfortunately, um, even Dak. And uh, we end the season ultimately, Andy, at nine and seven um, with questions about. 
eighty percent of the team and coaching staff. So we got some. We got a couple of bright spots and a lot of dark. Uh, bright spots that I'll say. Um, yeah, go ahead and uh, give us your uh, end of season analysis here, Goat. I'll say on, for the on the bright side, I'll say that um, I still believe in Zeke Elliott. Um, I think that especially when he doesn't have to deal with the mental trauma of constantly having to worry about whether he's playing next week. I think Zeke is everything that we believe him to be. Um, so I'm not worried about that. Um, I think that for their level of experience, the rookie secondary played very well. I was very pleased with how they started playing towards the end of the year. Um, I think we saw the emergence of a potential really great player for the Cowboys into Marcus Lawrence this year. He was the league leader in sacks for much of the year. Um, especially when he had David Irving on the field with him. Um, the Dallas defense was very disruptive. I liked that a lot. Um, that's about all I can really say on the bright side. Uh, on the dark side, um, the defense is entirely, entirely dependent on the presence of Sean Lee. Um, without Sean Lee on the field, they completely collapse and give up 30-plus a game. The offense is almost entirely question marks at this point. Outside of Zach Martin and I guess you could put Travis Frederick in there. Um, Witten is just no longer a threat. Um, he's very rock solid. He can do the little five-yard out thing, but he can't take you up the seam anymore. He's No one's afraid of Jason Witten. Um, the entire wide receiver core – was just abysmal this year. Des Bryant had one of the worst years I've ever seen from him. Um, in several big moments, he really fell apart mentally and didn't perform. Uh, Terrence Williams was Terrence Williams, which in a vac when Terrence Williams is around a very good Des Bryant and an overperforming Cole Beasley and an elite veteran like T Jason Witten, he can hide. Um, when everyone's playing bad around him and you're comparing him to other bad players, man, he looks extra bad. Uh, Bryce Butler is a complete non-factor and has stone hands. And Cole Beasley really aggressed this year, too. I don't know if that was a DAC thing. Um, I'll get to it in a moment. But but outside of dropping just the firest bars of any athlete in 2018 so far, uh, which you heard at the beginning of our episode here, that's uh, 80 Stings by Cole Beasley off Cole Nation Records. Um, just really, really bad work all around from the receiver core. Um, Tyron Smith's health is a major concern. Um, I'm hoping that this offseason, I mean, you heard, we've heard from Stephen Jones say that with an, a full offseason, they believe that Tyron can be back to his normal self. He was still rated as the fourth best left tackle in the game, which is incredible given the level of injured that he was. Um, and Dak Prescott is a huge question mark at this point. Um, we saw moments where he played well, but there were a lot of moments where he played very, very poorly. Um, and you wonder, you know, is you know, we, we knew where this guy's ceiling was, and now we wonder where the floor is because the floor can be really low on Dak. Um, there's now talk of making the offense more Dak-friendly, which is a little concerning to me. Um, you know, you never hear the Patriots talk about making their offense more Brady-friendly, uh, so that's not great. Um, and then overarching that all those issues on the offense is the presence of Scott Linehan. Um, we've put a lot of uh, talk into, you know, is Scott the guy? Um, the Cowboys clearly think so. He really impressed at the end of your meetings. They have now fired their wide receiver coach, the running back coach, the offensive line coach, um, and let Scott pretty much have carte blanche to hire all his guys. So they believe that Scott Linehan's the guy. Personally, and I think, Ben, you and I have had uh, pretty extensive discussions about this, Scott Linehan has not demonstrated, in my eyes, the ability to out-scheme any opponent, scheme anyone open, make any kind of adjustment, make any kind of uh, tactical move that will address the weaknesses of the opponents that we're playing. Um, he pretty much goes out there and tries to out-talent everyone using Zeke Elliott and our offensive line, which is fine to a certain degree. I, I love the identity the Cowboys have as a running team. Um, but man, you get in these tight situations and it just does not look good. Uh, and then as a bonus for all those things, you have Dan Bailey, um, who, who just honestly just flat out fell apart towards the end of the year. He missed a bunch of field goals and then most concerning of all, a bunch of extra points, which is kind of crazy. Um, so 
this offseason is going to be really weird. It's not an issue of being like – it isn't something where you're like, okay, we can just draft this one guy and it'll make everything better. I mean, some people that are on this team are going to have to improve or this is going to be a very bad team next year. So that's my thoughts. Where do you stand, Ben? Yeah, we'll summarize, buddy. We'll summarize. Uh, you hit the nail on the head for me for especially a lot of the the worry that we have with this team going forward. I'll kind of uh, give my uh, my take on it a little bit. Uh, as far as uh, as the good things go, I agree. I mean, we do have an identity. I do think that's important. Uh, we can still maul people in the trenches. The line of scrimmage uh, is usually controlled by those O-line when they're healthy. Um, now, when healthy is starting to become a bigger concern, especially for Tyrone Smith, um, I'm glad he's getting a full offseason of work. You know, I think they put him right on IR, right, the last game? Yep, he did. Play. So that just shows how banged up he was playing. We'll see. I mean, he's still only going to be, I think, 27 next year. Correct. So – I worry because back issues linger. I think knee will be fine, you know, ankle, all that, I, I believe, will heal. I'm worried about his back, but we'll see because a healthy Tyrone is still a dominant O-lineman, and then you have two other stalwarts in place. I think you can survive at right tackle with Lael. I don't think he's going to be as elite as we wanted him to be, unfortunate. Um, but, you know, he's not – He's not going to be the best right tackle. He's not going to be the worst. He's a fine guy. I do think they need to replace their left guard. I'm not saying they need to go out and spend high stock in it. You can't pay everyone at that position. But that was a clear weakness, especially when Tyrone went out and the whole left side became a weakness. That was pretty glaring. Um, you know, that's, that's one thing I think when everyone talks about the regression of Dak, which was honestly my biggest fear this season and I'll get into those numbers here in a second, was that his O-line regressed. Uh, they, you know, he had less protection than he did last year. Um, had to get the ball quicker. You know, a lot of these, he was sacked more this year. Um, some of that is he's holding on the ball too long, or maybe the receivers aren't open. Everyone has their theories, but just the stats, he was sacked more this year. And uh, I really think he got happy feet after that Tyrone Smith game. And Agreed. You reverted to running a little more than we typically saw out of him. So, anyway, uh, the I, I was going into a positive. I was turned it into a negative. But the O-line, I still think, is the the best unit of this team. Zeke Elliott with him, of course, makes them even more deadly. And I think that will be there next year, without a doubt, Goat. If nothing yeah. else, with all them healthy – that will be that'll be in the bag every game. Zeke getting and he should minimum get twenty touches a game, right? Everyone agrees there. Yeah. Um, what scares me, and you mentioned, is the not only did Dak regress and the entire wide receiver core regressed, and obviously the two go hand in hand. I don't think you can really blame one without the other. Um, it's very rare that you have receivers excel with poor quarterback play and vice versa. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is somehow a rarity in all this. Uh, but for the most part, when you're dealing with, you know, we saw Dez's numbers way down for a full season, end up with just six TDs, um, targeted as the 11th highest guy, I think, and had 20 something receptions. So just bad numbers completely for him, but it wasn't just him. As we said, T-Dub didn't have a good year. Cole Beasley had a way worse year than he did the year before. He only broke 35 yards once this entire season, goat. Um, God. And that was breaking a 50-yard play. So that concerns me. Um, but I think a lot of that comes down to scheme. And you you kind of touched on that with Scott Linehan. Even last year when we went 13-3, and three, I read a stat we were 29th in yards after the catch for our receivers. Oof. And this year we were I can't remember. Is he a 30th, 31st, or 32nd? But we were in the 30s. We were one of the three worst teams in the league with average yards after the catch. So God. either your receivers can't move or you're running a lot of simplistic comeback routes, which to me, I think they're both kind of true. To me, it's more your route tree. I mean, how many times do we see guys either running straight goes or straight just 
curls. Yeah. I mean, what do we really run to get anybody in space in this entire offense? So I don't think he's utilizing them. Scott being that they're utilizing those, that, that offense properly. We'll see if that's a limitation. They're afraid to let Dak open it up. If they really just don't trust some of these guys to run routes, everyone loves to talk about Dez's route tree being limited, but I just believe that's what they ask him to do. Like, I don't like if, and this is, I keep going back to this argument. If they had, Antonio Brown or Julio, would this guy be able to scheme him open? Yeah, I, I don't I don't think they I don't I agree with you. I don't think they he would. Um I'm hoping I, I really am hoping that the pressure that we've that the media, the fans, the general lack of production, I think that I'm hoping that will put some pressure on Scott to get a little more creative. Um I'm desperate enough to hope that. Ryan Switzer gets more touches. That Rico Gathers makes an impact. Um, anything well, that will allow the team to get more. You mentioned, you mentioned Witten, and I think that's important. We don't have a guy who stretches the middle of the field. Like yeah. even Des with Romo wasn't really a middle of the. You know, he he works the sideline. That's what he does, and he's good at it. I still think he can be good at. It, but when you have no one that's pushing the safety to the middle of the field, then where do you think the safety is, Andy? Probably over taking Des out of the game. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think Rico can be that guy. I do. Um, he's incredibly well, is big this, and athletic. Is this, team, is this team ever going to give any other tight end significant snaps while 82 is playing? And, and part of me, and I, you know, this is hard to say, but part of me thinks that, it, that Jason needs to hang him up. Yeah. I don't. Like you said, you, you mentioned where he's good at what he can do, but that what he can do now is a five to ten yard little option route, little out route, little in. You know, like he doesn't. And we saw teams teams this year were like, okay, you can have that. Like that's yeah. pretty much yeah, they'll let you have that all game, and you'll just end up on third and three, and you can't complete it, and they're willing to take that chance. Um, so yeah. I think we need to when you got a tight end who can't doesn't scare anyone and you got an outside receiver too who doesn't scare anyone then I don't I don't know what you really have and I love when well, we love Jason Witten it goes out saying he's an all-time he's in the ring of honor he's a first yep. ballot hall of famer he's like third all-time in catches right now I mean the guy's been legendary it's just I hope we see him in the front office I really do I hope he remains part of the Cowboy family just what what do they say, Andy? Father Father Time's undefeated. Yeah, and you know Jason unfortunately isn't a threat anymore. I don't think he's a bad football player. He's just not a threat. And no, if you have gonna... if you have talented guys around him, he's still going to be good. But we threw to him way too much this year. Well, and just like how many tight ends are you know scaring people after at age thirty five. And he'll be 36 by the time he takes the field next year. No, I agree. So that whole offense, receivers, play calling, I hope it gets better. The the big fear, and I just want to read this, Andy, about um, the stat I have with Dak Prescott's year last year and this year. Um, unfortunately, you know, had uh, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, he had – an incredible rookie year. Um, statistically, I think, Andy, you said it was the best year of all time for a rookie QB. Yeah. Um, he had 105 QB rating. He had 23 touchdowns passing to four picks. Um, he ran in, I don't have right here, additional six. six. Yeah. Um, yeah, an additional six TDs. You know, threw for 230 a game, which is just fine. You know, only got sacked 25 times and 8.6 yards per attempt, and five game-winning drives last year, Andy. This he year – was incredibly clutch last year. Incredibly this, clutch. This year, he had 13 interceptions. As for last year, four. He threw four pick sixes this year when he threw zero last year. Those were bad. Um, his yards per attempt dropped from 8 to 6.8. His yards per game dropped from 229 to 207, which I believe I also saw he had nine games below 200 passing yards. God. 
that's bad. Uh, was sacked an additional seven times this year um, and had zero game-winning drives in the fourth quarter. Now, that doesn't mean he's unclutch all of a sudden. It's just he wasn't as good this year, and that's a yeah. fact. Um, you know, so we're he, gonna have to, it's going to be an interesting offseason. It's definitely going to be an interesting offseason. When Dak is playing – when we're playing our game, Dak looks fine. It's just his floor is bad, really bad. When you can't throw for 200 yards in a game, that's bad. Yeah, uh, agreed. And so we'll see what we'll we'll see if he can take the step, and if this offensive coordinator can find a way to open up that playbook. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. So we we've got an interesting off season coming up, um, and we will have some excellent content for you throughout that off season. For sure. Um, ben and I have come up with a a list of kind of a uh, little little more fun wacky shows for you. Um, so there will be some. Uh, some episodes not so much centered around what's currently happening with the Cowboys, but some general Cowboys discussion of the past, players' past, seasons' past, uh, hilarious and yet painful memories of uh, seasons that have come before this one. Um, we'll also have a uh, episode breaking down the draft prospects that we like, who we want. Oh yes, uh, <clears throat> James Washington. And those who we don't want, <laughs> Calvin Ridley, and uh, we're on the same page here. I know, I know. That's why. Hey, that's why we're doing. That's why we're doing this podcast. Right we right almost there, need. We just need to 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 find something we disagree about and argue about it passionately for our friends. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> so, um, so we will have that. We'll have a a post draft breakdown show. Um, and obviously, once we get to training camp. Um, we'll be doing what every Cowboys fan does, uh, just way over analyzing like camp catches where we're like, I don't know, man. Uh, Terrence Williams looks pretty good this year, so yeah. that's gonna be fun. It's gonna be great times. We'll uh, talk about who's gonna look like a cap casualty. Who do we need to re-sign? We have a lot of key free agents. Goat. We do have some um, big contracts coming up. We do have to find a way to get both Zach Martin. And Demarcus Lawrence signed this year, um, and then somehow still make cap room for signing Jarvis Landry. So we'll see how they figure all that out. Uh, luckily, the Cowboys do have about twenty million in cap room, which is nice. The Eagles are about seven million over, so that's cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, so ends one of the more disappointing seasons in Cowboys history. Um, I think just about you know, the only thing that made it. First time in the Jason Garrett era where we've had back-to-back winning seasons, baby. Oh, man. All right, well, never mind. <laughs> this is an amazing year. I'm so glad it happened this way. Um, I think the only thing that made this season tolerable was that uh, that we got to do the podcast, which I, I have thoroughly enjoyed doing. I can't wait to do it again in 2018. We'll be back. We will be back. Um, also, your boy, Goat, will be going – to sunny Las Vegas next week, Sin City, and placing a significant wager on the Dallas Cowboys to win the Super Bowl next year at the Bellagio Sportsbook in the name of the Boys We Boys podcast. So not only will you have this podcast back next year, ladies and gentlemen, we will have some skin in the game. This podcast is going to get mad rich. We're going to have our own studio. We're going to be like, if you thought if you thought you were getting quality jet. stuff when there was no money on the line, just wait oh till we start God. we start throwing down some dough on this. Real bad, like week three when we've lost three in a row. We're sitting here like, dude, I can't, but dude, my, oh, I'm not gonna be able to afford my wedding. My kids can't go to college, and I don't even have kids yet. You guys are gonna love it. So that's that's kind of all I had, Ben. Do you have anything else you want to discuss before we sign off here? Did you know? I will say. Uh, this last bit, you know, um, I wanted to quickly touch on defense that you did. Um, I hope we bring back D Law. I hope we bring back. Agreed. I honestly hope we bring back Irving if the price is right. And uh, I really am excited about that young secondary. We got a lot of other holes, but I almost think, you know, we can maybe become a little bit better of a defensive team. Agreed. Agreed. Um, we got some youth. 
Um, would love to see us get a safety that could, you know, a little Kenny Vaccaro, a little uh, replace Jeff Heath, uh, you know. Uh, okay, okay, okay. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. We do have some, you know, I would like to see the defense yeah. not completely collapse when Sean Lee's out of the game. Maybe Jalen Smith. Earl Thomas did step. say he wanted to play for us. He did say it. He did say it. It's not us saying that. It's not us. It's Earl Thomas himself. Call Earl Thomas. Don't at me, bro. At Earl Thomas. Don't at Earl me. Thomas, if you sign to the Cowboys, I will take you to any restaurant Chili's. in Chili's. my Two city of Richardson and buy you a meal. Any appetizer you want out of these six appetizer I got a, options. I got a, a torchies close. The Chipotle close. Torchies, though? Dog, I'll even high roll it up and go out there to uh, some tricky fish action, dog. Oh, shit. And if you go to Chipotle, we will spring for guac. So just so you know it's real. So you know it's real. Um, But, yeah, that would be dope. I don't even care if Earl Thomas is mad old. He's dope. I'll take it. So, um, yeah, we've got – it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Uh, I'm I'm very much looking forward to kind of the – the playoffs being done so that I don't have to hear about football anymore for a while. And then of course I'll get right into the mode where I'm like, damn it. I just want football season. So it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad that the the nightmare's over <laughs> and we can get yeah, back yeah. into my favorite part, which is expecting us to be good. So, uh, another one in the bag, Ben, another one, another one. Yes. Uh, we survived cowboy fans. It wasn't this year. It'll probably be next year. Probably. It will be next year. It will. It's gonna, let's be honest. It's going to be next year. Like, Just go ahead and <laughs> buy your tickets now. So we're going on Super Bowl. Ring number six, baby. So, six, 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 well, six. So uh, as, as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe on the SoundCloud. Coming uh, in the offseason, we will be listed on iTunes. We're really stoked about that. So get ready. Yes, to we to got us. a logo in the works. I've seen the prototype. I have seen approved it. the prototype. Um, so we will be getting onto iTunes, so you will be able to get us in your native iPhone application. For those of you Android users, uh, holler at your boy Google for life. Um, you will still Check have the to probably sound scan. We're going up. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So. Um, so yes, that is, that is all from us. Um, thank you so much for listening. And if you have any comments or feedback, please get at us. We love hearing from you guys. As always, I'm Andy Catelli. Benjamin Walker. Take it easy. Peace.